Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm back. I'm Mark. We got D. <laughs> What's up, Mark? What's up? We got Tony. What's up? Tony the Tiger. Yeah. Filling in for Luke Lloyd, who claims he's giving a speech today <laughs> in Vegas. If I were him, what is he, like 24, 25 years old? Full time. Dude, I'd be at the pool. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I bet you he has been at the pool. Got some egg McMuffins on the way down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheeseburger yep. on the way back up. Yep. <laughs> and then you don't eat it all other than that. that. You don't eat it all other than that. I want to get into today's topic. And for today, I, I want to talk about, there's a lot of concern right now. Obviously, the stock market has just been completely speed bagged, right? <laughs> um, completely speed bagged. And, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about, let, let me say where consensus is at. All right. So these are the, the buffoons on Wall Street. Here's what they have to say. What they say is there is less than a 50% chance of a recession. I think a lot of them are like in the 30-ish percent range of a recession. That recession would happen next year in 2023, and it will be short and shallow. That's where consensus is at. I disagree with all three of those. I think there it's possible a recession happens this year. I think the percentage uh, chance of it happening is greater than 50%. And I think when it all does shake out, I think it is going to be longer and deeper than a lot of people want to believe. And, and I, what I want to talk about with you guys is what, what do we all think is the bubble that's going to burst? Because there's a, with every single economic boom, there's always a, a bubble and then it bursts and it is a painful unwinding of that bubble. Okay. So let me just kind of set the stage for our discussions by going back to my experience with bubbles firsthand since I entered the business, okay? And I entered the business in the middle of 2000. In 1999, Tony, you and I were waiting tables at Shula's Steakhouse. <laughs> Correct. Okay? Every single server there was making a shit ton of money trading penny stocks, I tried to do that. I bought on the top. Yeah, you bought in, you bought in 2000, <laughs> 2001. And I, got, and I bought a loaded mutual fund. I was so pissed off. Yeah, you, I, got, like, you got I got got. You got got. You agree with me. That was yeah. happening. Oh, yeah. Okay, so servers. It was a sports bar, and 75% of the TVs were CNBC. <laughs> You're right. I, I was, forgot about that. always on. I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah. Maybe a little pardon the interruption here and there, right? Yeah. But for the most part, you're it's, right. It was, it was CNBC. It was ESPN for a couple need... of TVs, and most of them were the market. Wow. And, and, and look, we were all, every single one of us servers, we were all degenerate gamblers back then too, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it seemed like what took priority, it was gambling on penny stocks. And these were technology stocks, right? So that was weird, and what eventually happened? Tech stocks like pets.com right. took a bath, right? They, they, the valuations were crazy. They weren't making any money, all that stuff. All right, so that was weird. I think when you see something that's weird, that's the bubble. That's, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because in 2006, whenever I saw a yellow Hummer H2 driving down the street, <laughs> I knew exactly who was driving that Hummer. That was a mortgage broker who six months before that was delivering pizzas. And now he's a mortgage broker and he's driving around the most obnoxious, expensive vehicle he could get his hands on, which just happened to be a yellow Hummer H2. 
You don't see those on the road anymore because they're just so ridiculous, right? That was weird that people who were literally pizza delivery guys all of a sudden were making well into the six figures and driving crazy cars and, and, and buying houses with no furniture in them. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. They would buy house. A single guy would buy a four-bedroom house. And he would have no furniture in the house. Kind of like uh, Ben well, Affleck's house in Boiler, boiler room. room. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yep. All right. He's got a suntan. So, he's got a suntan. That, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a tanning bed. <laughs> a tanning bed. <laughs> All right. So that was weird. And that turned out to be the bubble, right? The housing crisis. Yep. The, you know, the, which by the way, Tony, we're not going to get into this today, but arms are on the rise. Yeah. Adjustable rate mortgages. I saw that. that. Oh, <laughs> not good. All right. So what is weird now, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback on this, but I'm, I'll go first since this was the topic that I wanted to talk about, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. But what's weird to me now is the jobs market. I think it is incredibly out of whack. I think it needs to recalibrate, and I think when it recalibrates, that shakeout is going to be violent, and it's going to be incredibly painful. And here's what I mean by, by the job market being out of whack. Right now, employees have way too much leverage over employers. You've got people no-showing for job interviews, ghosting employers for job interviews. You've got employees saying, well, I'm not coming into the office. I'm either working from Zoom or I'll go to the next place. Mm -hmm. They're not even willing to like negotiate, all right? Five-day work week, <laughs> I'll work three days. <laughs> I want a you know, four-day weekend, right? Yeah. The demands are outrageous, but what really kills me is that businesses, to meet this artificial demand that was caused by all the stimmy checks, which created artificial demand, businesses had to hire more people to produce their product or to provide their service. Okay, this happened in pretty much every single industry. You know, as they're hiring more people, it's tough to get people off the couch when they were making 50, 60 grand a year sitting on the couch. Okay. So you had to go and poach people from your competition and offer them something very enticing, like 20% more money, 30% more money, 40% more money. Okay. That's fine. If that person joins your team and is 20% more productive. Problem is you are getting the same level of productivity for 20, 30, 40% more money as a business owner. That's not good. That is that erodes margins. Okay. Let's couple that with the fact that while, while people are getting paid 20, 30, 40% more money, and I'm not talking everyone under the sun, right? I mean, you know, if you're, you know, a lineman or something like that, you know, working for a factory, you know, maybe your wages are up five to 10% year over year. Right. But if, if you're in a skilled position, like if an attorney, an architect, a construction foreman, you know, if you're if you're in a specialized position, yeah. you're getting paid 20, 30, 40 percent more money to to jump ship. Pro worker productivity is down seven and a half percent quarter over quarter. So I just said it's not sustainable for people to make 20 percent more money when they're not 20 percent more productive. How can those people make 20 percent more money when they're seven and a half percent less productive? I don't think it's going to end well. I think that is a big problem. These people are not going, you, you can't go back and renegotiate and, t and take the 20% away from them. <laughs> you fire them. Yeah. Yep. And then 
the wage market recalibrates and they get rehired back at a lower wage later on. That That's how things work. Here come the foreclosures. Yeah. <laughs> here, here come the car repossessions. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the scene from the end of the movie, the big short with the, the yeah. guys who are high flying, driving the fancy cars. And now they're at, at job fairs <laughs> trying yeah. to find a job. So, All right. So, <laughs> so re- real quick. So I want to come back and talk about what I just said. But before we do that, I want to give each of you an opportunity to answer the question. What do you think is weird right now? What is weird? Crypto markets weird. <laughs> OK, so I, that could I, be a bubble that it's that could there's, be there's something there's something there because I feel that it is the all, it's all cash. Like you have to put your cash into Coinbase, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever your whatever wallet your, is, whatever yeah. your wallet is, right? And most of those people are gamblers, and so if they're gambling with, you know, their cash, they're probably gambling in their their stock market portfolio. And we know what's going on right now. There's down a lot of company. I mean, most companies went down fifteen twenty percent, I would say, but like the. The high flyers, the 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 micro caps, the small caps, those things are down oh fifty God. to eighty percent. They've been bludgeoned to death. Yeah. So how many margin calls were there? And then where does that money come from? I better yeah. sell my crypto to go pay off my margin call. Like there could be leverage on leverage. Uh, and yeah. So that I think that is a very I don't know which direction that market is going. You know, Warren Buffett call him crazy old man or Nostradamus said he wouldn't pay $25 for all the crypto in the world. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, his position has always like, he, he won't buy gold either because it doesn't generate any cash flows. Mm-hmm. So that's just, he's probably more crazy old man than Nostradamus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I mad respect for the guy. Yeah. And I think I, I haven't checked, but I think Berkshire Hathaway is actually doing pretty well this mm-hmm. year relative yeah. to the S&P 500. So, you know, his crazy old man strategy of cash flow is important. While it didn't matter during the QE era right. from 2009 through, you know, I guess just recently, mm-hmm. it matters again. Yeah. Cash cash flow is important. But but I, I so that's just one thing. But I do agree with you on the jobs. Like my whole thing is where the hell is everyone? What the hell is everyone doing? Why is our parking lot empty? Our parking lot's empty. You go somewhere and they're short-staffed. Where the hell did all these people go? I just saw a guy in the hallway the other day that I haven't seen in like two years. You know the wrestler guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wrestler. like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So saw him? Yeah. And we we probably had a 15-minute conversation in the hallway because he hasn't – I haven't seen him in two years. How about the the, – some – the – this building allocated 20 new spots for somebody that did a, uh, a build out. They don't come to work. <laughs> There's 20 free spots all around. The, no one's in the penthouse. No, yeah. I think it's a couple of floors down. Can we get some of those? Cause we, we actually come to the office. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't show up. I'm like, what, how are they doing? All deals? right. So you, you think Thanks. the labor market's weird. D what, what's weird. I was just having a conversation with, with my wife about home prices and home prices are just weird at this point. Yeah. And it's really just become a it's it's so strange that in northeast Ohio you basically can't get a house and if you can 
the the prices on these houses that that we have seen all of our lives, you know, the 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 classic family house for two hundred thousand dollars, like that is now going for for three fifty, three seventy five. The new houses that they're building in our neighborhood, you can actually see the the supply chain issues because like the stone will be up on a house, but the siding is only like, you know, halfway done or not, not even done at all because they can't get the siding in. Yeah. So there's this confluence of just so much money trying to, to buy these houses and a limited supply. And it's pretty clear just by seeing things we've seen in our lives that that is going to blow up yeah. <laughs> pretty quickly. There's going to be a convergence where it starts going the other way, and it's going to start going the other way. And that's hard. why that's why I brought up the arms before this podcast. So like, think about it, man. Like, because people want their house, they're they probably in in motion, and they're like, you know, the the it went from three, you know, the mortgage thirty year mortgage rate went from what three to five and a half. Yeah, in three months. <laughs> like, holy cow! Like. Now people are like they're scrambling. Like I can't afford that. I better get an arm that's variable at four. Mm-hmm. You know that I can afford. And now they're going to be locked into that. And when it readjusts to six and a half, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember when a great starter home in in, in Cleveland was like one hundred fifty to to two hundred thousand in Parma or Seven Hills? Yeah, mm-hmm. those same houses are like three fifty today in Lindhurst, like where where we yeah. started. Yep, same yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's insane. I, I haven't looked looked, but I believe you. <laughs> I do. It's it's absolutely insane. And the thing is, so D, you mentioned you know the existing homes that are going for three fifty to three seventy five. The the interesting thing is at that price level. Like you'd better be all cash. Oh yeah. You'd if you're talking about a million dollar house, there's not as much competition. You know, you you better at three fifty to three seventy five. You better come in above ask, and you better be all cash. Yeah. Right, because the reason the the selling agent should want you to be all cash is because what happens is when that house appraises at three twenty five that you offered three seventy five for. The bank approves you for up to three hundred twenty-five thousand of financing, depending on whatever down payment you agree on, and then you got to come up with that fifty thousand dollar difference cash. And most people don't have that money to make up the difference. When somebody makes a cash offer, even if it's below the highest offer that needs financing, that really is the offer that's being taken more often than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's an, so they're just paying above. Uh, appraisal. Yep, and yeah, but you know what, dude? The, there's the, the, these appraisers. Yeah, they're fudging the appraisals. Oh, absolutely. They're 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 making it happen. Mm-hmm. They are. They're doing their now. They can't be completely egregious, but they're. And I'm not going to call them fraudulent, but they're pushing the envelope. It's yeah, dude. They're it's rubber it's a, stamping. It's a gray area. I remember that distinctly when because we were we built a house and we got an appraisal on the house that hadn't even been built yet and it magically came in like within two thousand dollars of exactly where it needed to be i was like come on guys this is obvious what's going on here yeah yeah but that's that's the thing because my wife sent me a, a listing in our neighborhood and so i just randomly searched our zip code for about three minutes and yeah these these houses that we were looking at you know, like our second family home that we're in probably the four hundred to five hundred thousand dollar range. Those houses are all pushing a million dollars now, 
Because I can tell they're like the similar neighborhoods that we were looking at back in 2016, 15. It's just crazy. And what that has done, because you see this too, that has jacked up the rent prices sky high. I see people, local people complaining about that on Twitter all the time uh, on, on rent prices. And, and that goes back to this uh, comment about Warren Buffett who said he wasn't interested in any crypto, but if someone, you know, offered him a stake in apartment buildings and land and yeah, things across, yeah, he would, he would get out of his checkbook immediately. Well, let, I mean, let's just <clears throat> use an example, right? So I, I mentioned Parma seven Hills, like those, a lot of those houses are like for one that looks nice, mm-hmm. you know, no, I'm, I'm not talking about one that was, you know, built in 1960 last updated in 1970. Like I'm <laughs> talking ones that are like, you know, They've got some modern renovations and stuff like that. They look nice. Let's assume I were to buy a, a house in Seven Hills for three hundred and fifty grand. I'm going to need at least an eight percent return on that, minimum. So what what would I need to charge in rent? When because then you got to subtract out expense, property taxes, expenses like. I need to charge like at least three thousand dollars a month. I was gonna say three. Um, then I started doing the math again. Yeah. I'm like thirty five hundred. Who's gonna pay three thousand dollars a month to rent a house in Seven Hills? This when you when you though. look at the value of these properties relative to what you think you could rent, it, like there's a big big disconnect here. Yeah. Big disconnect. Look, I, I agree that these you know the housing market is really strange. I believe, you know, I agree the crypto strange. Let, let's just spend, you know, five minutes or so. I, I want to hear your guys' take on what I brought up, which is the, the jobs market. One thing is, is on, on Fox Business the other day, the average graduate this year is expecting to make $103,000 <laughs> wow. right, qual- right out of college. That's crazy. Where did they get that number? <laughs> so I mean, that's just I guess delusional. If you got to pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars in student loans, like you should have gone to trade school, you should have become a plumber, and you'd be you'd make make over a hundred grand. I mean, I don't know if they asked the art students that. I don't know if they asked the <laughs> art history for sure. Art, art history, the engineering for sure. students, the doctors, like who, I'm like, I was so high of a number. I'm like, who the hell did they ask? What, what were they majoring in? But- and, and look, no matter what they major in, we all know that hiring a college graduate, with all due respect to any, anyone who's listening who's still in college or a recent college graduate, we all know you lose, no matter what you pay them, if you pay them 40 grand a year, you lose money on that college graduate for somewhere between one and three years, depending on how quickly they learn your industry, the way your company works, all that stuff. Absolutely. You lo- they are a project. You lose money on them. Yeah. So to expect a hundred grand while somebody is losing probably an extra hundred grand a year on you in the form of, you know, sucking up other people's time to take you under their wing, all that stuff like that's It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And then what about, uh, didn't you say one of your uh, friends caught one of their employees having a second job? Because yeah, they double were, dipping. They were double. They, they, refu- two, they, were, they refused. Jobs. They refused to show up at work. So they were only working from home and they were double dipping, working two full time jobs simultaneously. I've heard yeah. about that. Yep. So, all right. But th- so those are just examples. But the, here's the thing. I- I'm trying to figure out where the breaking point is. Inflation is actually outpacing what wage inflation. 
okay, great. You know, so we're inflation's higher than wage, but what, now where's the, where's the breaking point? Because everything's more expensive for the business owner materials. So whether that's food for a, a, a restaurant commodities for like host, uh, home builders, wages, rents, everything is more expensive. Now I got to pay somebody 10%, 20%, 30% more to come in and provide my services. And that's going to then trickle to us, like just us spending money. When, when is the when is the consumer going to start tapering their spending because they can't keep up with going out to eat? Well, you you house, you hit it earlier, man. I mean, once once so there's 11.5 million job openings right now. When the mark when the economy starts to slow, you're not going to fire if you're a business owner. You don't fire anyone yet. You take down your job postings. Okay, so you got to get through those 11.5. You don't get historically about half of the the job postings go bye bye. Okay, so take six million off of that. Okay, which is still extremely elevated given history. Then you start to you you quote unquote cut the fat, and that is those people that you paid 20, 30, 40 percent above market value. They get cut and then they have an adjustable rate mortgage. You said they ratcheted up their lifestyle. They're driving a Mercedes. Last year they were driving a Ford. Yeah. That's that's when the consumer takes it on the chin really hard. I mean, they're probably already taking it on the chin, you know? Yeah, based on the the credit card uh, readings that, that, that we're getting, I, I think they've already started to take it on the chin. They, oh yeah, they, yeah. They're back to pre-COVID levels. Of, well, it's mm-hmm. they they received they they got injected with fiscal heroin, mm-hmm. and we all know what happens when you when you are taking heroin and then you well we've never experienced this firsthand, <laughs> but we we we've seen the movies. We know what happens uh, when you take heroin and then you stop. You sh- you curl up in a corner. You shake, and you know it's it's not it's not very pleasant. And most addicts end up going back out and getting more heroin. Because they've become used to it and now they need it. And that's kind of what happened with all the, the stimmy check money. Like is someone who was living off 50 grand a year in 2019, if now they're used to living off 75 grand a year, but the stimmy checks aren't hitting the mailbox anymore, it's very hard for them to say, you know what, man, I, I'm going to give up those finer things in life that I've experienced over the last few years and ratchet my lifestyle back that's to down. pre-pandemic levels. Doesn't happen. It's that's not going to happen. That's why credit card spending is going up. Some some numbers I've found very interesting. Uh, we already touched on the productivity drop. I think that was one of my big takeaways from from researching this. All the labor costs have jumped so high, eleven point six percent in the first quarter, uh, out, um, and a seven point two percent drop in productivity. That's insane. Uh, 23% of small business owners cited uh, labor quality as their number one business problem. Um, I'll keep saying 48-year high because I think that's when they started tracking all this stuff. (laughs) That's a 48-year high. The inflation is the number one cited concern. If I were to walk down the street and walk into a, a local business, I walk in, I say, hey, can I talk to the owner? And the owner looks at me, hey, how can I help you? I just want to ask you a simple question. Would you be willing to watch your 401k drop another 20% in exchange for your margins improving in your business? I bet you every single one of them would say absolutely. Oh, yeah. If I asked that same question to 
you know, someone on Main Street, a working age person making, let's say, 50 grand a year, would you be willing for your 401k to drop tw- another 20% if that meant that you're, you, you were no longer short on cash at the end of the month, that you had enough money to put gas in your car and pay for your groceries? I think 100% would say yes. Yep. Yeah. Like there's a big disconnect there. We talked, we, we know the numbers are, are, are strange, but I, I wonder what percentage of the population has a, a retirement savings in excess of, let's say, 100,000. I bet you it's less than 10% of the population, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I bet you, again, I'm just, you know, just kind of a shot in the dark. Right. It's not very high. So you would have to figure, I mean, for someone who's got, let's say, 50 grand in their 401k, who cares if it goes down 10 grand? If I have an extra $500 a month to live off of, like that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a really big deal. Inflation needs to be dealt with. It needs to be dealt with aggressively. We created a lot of problems for ourselves as a country with all the stimulus over the last few years. And now we have to take our medicine. And unfortunately, taking your medicine in this situation means we got we to gotta experience some pain and there's going to be a, a recession. D, I'll let you get back into it. Yep. So uh, 32% of business owners said inflation was um, their top concern. So that's still number one, but labor quality is now number two. And small business expectations are at a 48-year low. Business owners don't think it's getting better. The the other number that jumped out to me, 90% of owners reported few or no quality applicants for the positions they were trying to fill. So even if you have money to pay these people an extra 20, 30%, you can't even find them. That's where I'm saying, like, where the hell did they go? Like, I understand the great resignation, you know, I, I always, I always viewed the great resignation, not necessarily as people exiting the workforce as I did the job hoppers, you know, hopping from one job to the next, same exact job, different company, making 20% more money. Yep. It, Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't Different think. Way I, don't, look I, don't, at it. I don't. I don't. I didn't. I didn't necessarily think it meant great retirement. Okay. I thought it meant resignation, as in I'm, I'm out. I'm someone, popping. someone offered me more money down the street. Gotcha. All right, so I'm going to wrap up here with just one piece of advice for everyone. Um, that one piece of advice is: ask yourself what is weird. And if you ask yourself what is weird and you think really hard about what's weird in society, in our economy, in investment markets rather than stock markets, you know, because Tony mentioned crypto. If you ask yourself what's weird, there's a good chance you've identified the next bubble. There's a good chance you identified the next bubble and then go full blown Christian Bale on people and figure out how to profit from being right on that. Or bare minimum, how to not lose as much money as everyone else. You don't necessarily have to short something or go, you know, polar opposite, but figure out how to protect your capital. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in the podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any investment, legal, financial, or tax strategy. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. Please consult a qualified professional about your individual needs.